It's been a joy, dear brethren, to minister God's word. Minister God's word to us as the Lord wills. <clears throat> we have been looking at the book of Ephesians, and I know we have been laboring together, together with all of us. I know you have been studying the book on your own. It has been a great blessing, a great blessing to, to hear God speaking to us through this book. Today, we will look at chapter 3 from verse 1. I mean from verse 7 to verses 13. Ephesians chapter 3 from verses 7 to verse 13. And I just want to <clears throat> give a summary of what we learned last time. We were looking at this. We were looking at chapter 3 from verse 1 to verse 6. And we were able to look at the mystery of the gospel that has been revealed. And we say that this mystery is actually found in verse 6. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. That was the mystery that was hidden for ages. And we were able to see that this mystery was revealed to Paul. It was revealed to Paul through his calling or by his calling. And that we were able to see when we were looking at the word stewardship. And Paul was saying, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you, the Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you. So we were able to see that word stewardship, and it's through this that the revelation of the mystery that has been hidden for ages was revealed to the Gentiles. We've already looked at that mystery. This mystery was also revealed by revelation. By revelation, as we could see in verse 5, it was not made known to the sons of men in other generation as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So, by revelation. And we were able to see that although the mystery was hidden, but there was some signs in the Old Testament that people who are not Israelites would be, would belong, would know the Lord Jesus Christ. And we were able to look at that word as 
So from verse 5, this was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. So we looked at examples of the Old Testament where other nations that were not part of Israel would be united in Christ Jesus. And one more thing that we looked at was that the mystery, as we have rightly read, that this mystery, when we read it, when we read it, when you read this, verse 4, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ. And the application that we came up with there was that we need to read always this God's word. He will be able to reveal to us many, many things in his word. Today, dear brethren, we look at Paul's ministry as a gospel worker. Paul's ministry as a gospel worker, which, as I've already said, we are going to get from verse 7 to verse 13. I want us to, um, I will divide this into three groupings, or into three points. Number one, we will be able to look at what the ministry of Paul entailed, and that we get from verse 7, verse 7, through to verse 8. And number two, we'll be able to look at the reasons for this ministry of the gospel being given to Paul, the reasons which are clearly indicated there, the reasons why this ministry was given to Paul. Then the third one, we're going to look at Paul's encouragement to the Ephesians church, which we majorly find in verse, verses 13. Verses 13. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given. To preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authority in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for your word that is before us. Oh God, even as we break this bread, dear Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit may be able to help us. Oh God, to understand Paul's ministry. Oh God, that, that we will be able also to draw out 
O King of Glory, what is useful for us as a church today, dear Heavenly Father. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, verse 7 through to <clears throat> verse 8. Paul is explaining his ministry. And of this gospel, I was made a minister. What is this gospel? Of this gospel. Let us look at verse 6, the one that we've just finished with. This ministry is that Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. What is this gospel? That comes out so clearly because it begins by saying, of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's Now, you know, as I've been going through this book, I realize so many, many, many. Actually, the scripture is explaining itself. And I was able to find out, let us look at just the same, same book, chapter 2, from verse 13, from verses 13 to 16. But now, in Christ Jesus... You who and were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Kwadamu ya Yesu Christo. Na hiyo ndiyo injili ya Yesu Christo. Ya kwamba sisi ambao tulikuwa mbali tumeletwa karibu na Christo. Kwa sababu Ya damu yake. We were far off. We have been brought near. By the blood of Christ. Verse 14. Chapter 2. Verse 14. For he himself is our peace. Who has made us both one. And has broken down. In his flesh. The dividing wall of hostility. Tulikuwa. You know, we have been talking about how Gentiles were separated from the Jews. There was the dividing wall of hostility. But in Christ's flesh, the dividing wall of hostility has been broken, has been abolished, and that is the gospel. And as we continue, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that him, he might create in himself one new man in place of two, so making peace and might reconcile us to God in one body through the cross, the gospel, through the cross. Christ was punished because of our sins. He was punished because of our sins on the cross. On that cross that we always sing, that is where I first saw the light. The burdens of my heart rolled away. That cross. The gospel.
And so, when he starts by saying, of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace. I think if Paul was, maybe someone is reading this, when he reaches verse 8, he would have a low tone. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles. Is the least of all the saints. Why is he talking about is the least of all the saints? It's because he's looking at his life, how he used to persecute the church, how he used to, in fact, when Stephen was being stoned, he was there. How comes? It's the grace of God. Let us look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. Okay, uh, the first one is 1 Timothy, sorry. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 to 15. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 to 15. believe all of us are there. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of all of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Paul was the foremost. He's saying here, so you can see that word, I am the foremost, and what that verse 8 is talking about of chapter 3, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, the grace was given. The grace was given. So he is concluding in that verse, chapter 1, 1 Timothy from verse 12 to 15, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom he is the foremost. Why? Because he was a blasphemer. He was a persecutor and an insolent opponent. The grace, there is nothing that can be above the grace of Christ. This grace is greater than all our sins. Paul, who was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent opponent. It was very dramatical, his conversion on his way 
to Damascus to persecute the saints. The grace of Christ is much more than our disobedience. And someone may say, I have committed so much sins. Can I be saved? The grace of God is able to find you. He is able to find you. The same, same way Paul is testifying that the grace of our Lord overflowed him with faith and love. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses think 17. If someone, if therefore someone is in Christ Jesus, he is made a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So we can find that faith and love is now overflowing in Paul's life. Paul is explaining about his ministry, which is according to God's grace. Today, if you have a gift, it is according to God's grace. It's God's grace that is acting powerfully in you. And so it elevates in atoa ile ujeuri ambayo tunaweza kuwa nayo kama wa Kristo. Mimi naweza fanya hivi. Mimi naweza fanya hivi. La hasha. Ni kwa sababu ya neema ya Kristo ambayo inafanya kazi ndani yako. This grace of God kept growing in Paul's life. You can see the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 10. That grace kept him going. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than many of them. Though it was not I, by the grace of God, that is with me. Paul is testifying how this grace was growing in him and that how that grace kept him going. And he's not boasting. He's saying he worked harder than maybe the apostles as one before him, though it was not him, but the grace of God that was working in him. Again, I repeat, dear brethren, today, if the Lord has given you a gift. If the Lord has given you a capability for the growth of the body of Christ, and you could see that maybe you are doing it better than others, it is not you. It's about the grace of God that is acting powerfully in you. And the last verse, as, even as we conclude on that part of Paul's ministry, explanation of Paul's ministry. Romans chapter 15, verses 17 to 19. 
Romans chapter 15 from verses 17 to 19. In Christ Jesus, then, I have a reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by the word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. Again, you can see that it is because of the grace and the power. So we have seen there in chapter 3, um, that verse that we are looking at, a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given by the working of his power. We can see the word power being repeated on those verses that I have read. The power of the Spirit. The power of signs and wonders. We, it only comes from Christ. So we are not talking about, even today, this powerful minister of God who is able to do, we really, sisi kama binadamu, tuneza kuwa watu wanguvu kweli, tuneza kuwa leo tuko na kesho atuko. What power are we talking about? But it's only Christ's power that is working in us. We can never boast of anything. We are the weakest beings. We were made a little lower than the angels according to the scriptures. It's only the grace of God that is working powerfully in us. So Paul has explained his ministry. And let us look at now the second portion. Let us look at why. How the, what does it entail, this ministry that was given to Paul? What does it entail? What does it entail? Verse 8. To me, though I am the very least of the saints, this grace was given. Though he was the very least of the saints. He is so remorseful. He is so... He is thanking God. You know, he is... He is humble. That though he persecuted the church, the grace of God was given to him to preach to the Gentiles. And as we are going to see later, the main reason which is coming in verse 10, so that through the church, in the manifold, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities. These rulers and authorities are also looking at, hey, God has done great things. He's done great things. Paul, who was a persecutor, is now ministering. He was a blasphemer. He's now ministering. Now, let us look at one of the components of Paul's ministry is here in verse 8. 
to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Preaching to the Gentiles and searchable riches of Christ. That is one. And we're going to see another one in verse 9. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God. So the first one, preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And we have seen the Gentiles and now they belong to the family of God. There is no wall of hostility. And something that um, I was able to find out here, the, the, the riches, the riches of Christ, the unsearchable riches, riches of Christ. In Christ Jesus, there is no quench that there's no a thirst that cannot be quenched in Christ. The riches that we have in Christ Jesus. You know, you can define riches in the, the gold and silver according to the worldly view and all these things. You have them all. In Christ, we have these riches. No wonder David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It's not that David did not lack anything. But in Christ, even though you are going through sufferings and pain, we have the riches. All the riches are in Christ. And in this context, Paul is talking about this mystery. It's a great rich, a great richness. The mystery that was hidden but now has been revealed. We belong to the family of God. The second component of Paul's ministry that we can see there is <clears throat> verse um, 9. Verse 9. And to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, who created all things. And we have seen this plan in Christ's unity has happened. We are all united into one body. Oh, we are complete in Christ. We are complete in him. Now, let us look at this verse 10. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom, you know, that is the main reason, if you can see, so that whatever has been explained in the verses that were, in the earlier verses, is coming here, verse 10, so that in the church, the manifold wisdom might now be made known to the rulers 
and authorities in the heavenly places. That, that term, rulers and authority, I want us to look at them, rulers and authorities. This is the only time that we are hearing about this. All this work that Christ has done, the ministry that was given to Paul to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ to the Gentiles and to, verse 9, to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the, of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church Jews, Gentiles, that unity that we have in the body of Christ, through that the manifold wisdom might now be made known to the rulers and authority. So rulers and authority. Let us look at Ephesians, the same thing Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. What we can see, what works, flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities. We can see that. Rulers, authorities. Against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. So Paul refers to these rulers and authorities as, uh, as like some supernatural being which are demonic. Now, one thing I want us to know is that as we talk about this, many people, when we hear about rulers and authorities of this, I remember wakati ule nilikuwa kule chokiku na tulikotu na amushwa sasita usiku so that we can pray and fight these rulers and authorities. In my mind, I knew these rulers and authority are here, and God, Jesus Christ, is this, and they are competing forces. So that if I don't pray, the rulers and authorities take charge. If I pray, God takes charge. But that is not what the scripture says here, even as we look at the context of this book of Ephesians. So, the Bible says that for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities, against the cosmic power over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces in the heavenly places. And Colossians 1.16 says, Colossians 1.16, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers and, or authorities, you can see that word also there, rulers or authorities. All things were created 
through him and for him. Uh, then I was, as I was preparing, I was thinking, you mean God created demons, these rulers and authority for him, through him and for him. They are creatures of God. And, and verse 17 says, And he is before all things, and him, in him all things hold together. These rulers and authorities are creatures of God, and they have a purpose. You know, they rebel. If we look at this, the, the history of, of these fallen angels, they rebelled in their rebellion they were actually fulfilling what they were created for. They are fulfilling what they were created for. And I think chapter 1, verses, verses 20, and he worked, chapter 1 of Ephesians, verses Chapter 1, verse 20. And let's start from verse 19. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him head over all things, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Did you hear that Christ is raised from the dead and is seated at the right hand of God in the heavenly places, far above rule and authority? We can see that. Power and dominion is far above rule <coughs> our Christ in Jesus name all the powers and authority they fall under the authority of Christ Christ is all and in all and so today I hope we are not the church when they hear about demons and the devils and you start shaking Christ has power over this. But let us not forget the reason as to why we are looking at this. Verse 10, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. I want to connect that to verse 12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Okay, let me just read verse 11 again. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Eternal purpose that was realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Let us con we are contrasting that statement with chapter 2, verse 1 of Ephesians. 
and you who are dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of power of the air and the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And it's, it's describing that. When you compare with, now we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in Christ Jesus. Then you understand why. Through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities. They, I don't think they understand. Maybe if they understand, these people that were far off, we were dead in our trespasses and the things that we used to do. And by nature, we're children of wrath. But now we can access it with boldness, with joy, with a grateful heart. This manifold wisdom of God has been demonstrated even to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Praise be to the Lord. It is not time to sing, I'm walking in power and I'm walking in miracles because you know who you are. No. We are talking about the grace of Christ that is working in our lives. And as we come to conclusion, verse 13, so I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is in your glory. And last Sunday we were talking about why is Paul saying all this? Remember Paul is in prison. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles. Then he stops, then says, assume that you have heard of the stewardship. He's explaining this ministry that God gave to him. And so, if Paul said to these people, I am in prison. I am a prisoner of Christ Jesus only on behalf of you Gentiles. These Gentiles may have said, ah, servant of God is in prison for us. But Paul is telling them, so, so I ask you, all these that we've been talking about from verses 1 of chapter 3 to verse um, 12, so I ask you, not to lose heart over what I'm suffering for you, which is your glory. So it is their glory. Why? But they are now, verse 6, members of the same body, partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus, through the gospel. Through the gospel. And Paul is suffering in prison. And he's a prisoner of the Christ Jesus. Of Christ Jesus. Which is their glory. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That we have this today dear brethren. And even in the church today. 
we should not lose heart. Even as we look at the tribulations that the servants of God are going, servants of God are going through, even as they minister the gospel in various parts of the world today, we should not lose heart, but more so because we belong to Christ, we are not losing heart. Let's believe and pray. Our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word today, O oh God. We thank you, even as we have been looking at Paul's ministry to the Gentiles. And Lord, how you saved him, him that was a blasphemer, a persecutor of the church, and insolent, opposer of Christ. But when your grace found him, you gave him the ministry to preach the gospel. And today, Lord, we are able to get this. And Lord, in our hearts, we are grateful for your work that is, is in us, Lord. The various giftings that we have in you. We are grateful for this. May we know that it is because of your grace that we have all this that we are able to do in the church. O King of Glory, may you help us to always ponder over this mystery that has been hidden for ages, but now is made open to us. And we thank you, King of Glory, that you have removed the wall of hostility and together, everyone of every nation, every person, every nation and, and tongue and tribe, Lord, today we have the family, one family of God. We are united in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Heavenly Father, even as we have also looked at these rulers and authorities and very comforting that Christ is above all these rulers and authorities. In you, we are secure. In you, King of Glory, we have all the richness. Lord, there is nothing that we can't find in your name, Jesus Christ. In your name, we have the hope of glory. We have the hope of eternal life. In your name, our joy is complete, O oh God. I pray that you help us, Heavenly Father, even also to minister this word, O oh God, and preach it faithfully, O oh God, even for those people that have not known you, the Lord Jesus Christ saving Help us, dear Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray and believe. Amen. Amen.